0: and welcome back to another episode of the i'll be back podcast um probably a shorter episode this week uh i did have a guest lined up and uh unfortunately he actually was working uh doing work late last night because he covers he had to cover some of the nba draft but he's a an analyst uh writer uh so hopefully we're gonna get him on monday or tuesday next week um but yeah he got back to me late this afternoon and uh I kind of realized he probably was up late last night and uh, we could reschedule. Um, I feel like I say that a lot about our guests, but I'm not really in a position to uh, get angry at them because I can, I got to take all the the guests I can get. Uh, But I think it'll be really good and um, I'm excited for that next week. Um, Otherwise you're stuck with me tonight. I am sipping on uh, a whiskey, made this apple whiskey thing with a little splash of apple cider. Uh, Very good. I am drinking it out of a chipped Brittingham soda glass that I probably, um, walked home with some night, drunkenly, so, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of the NBA draft, as projected, um, Temple (laughs) basketball players Quentin Rose and Nate Pierre-Louis went undrafted, uh, I don't think they were on anybody's, uh, top 60 players on their big board, maybe not even top 80, unfortunately, um, Rose, I did see, just signed a G League contract with the Kings, which that sounds about right. I figured he might latch on somewhere for, you know, three to six months before going overseas. Um, If there was a summer league, maybe he could have done some damage in that. Uh, But there isn't. Uh, Nate, I just, Nate from the beginning, really just overseas was his best option. So um, I didn't see him being linked to any NBA teams at all. So, um, there actually was a press conference today as well for basketball, since we're talking about the basketball team, um, uh, Aaron McKee gave a presser over Zoom, I believe, and I saw some tweets about it, um, doesn't look good for the season, uh, I mean, the season's supposed to start in a week, less than a week, their first game was originally scheduled for Wednesday against NJIT, that game is... It, it, the way McKee talked about it from the quotes I saw seems 50-50 with COVID and everything. Um, and then I think over Thanksgiving weekend, they play in a tournament. So maybe Saturday will be their first game if Wednesday doesn't happen. Um, can't really officially tell you because if you go online, their schedule isn't really fully available. That was also supposed to be released by I uh, hopefully Monday. I Two weeks ago, they said it would be out in two weeks and it's not. So... Um, yeah, it's not, I mean, with COVID, everything, I know everything's going up and everything's kind of being more and more restricted and up in the air, um, so basketball is being included in that, uh, in McKee's presser, I saw one quote, uh, Narducci had it in his article, Mark Narducci had an inquire article, and, uh, the Owl Scoop guys were, uh, tweeting it out, um they've only had six practices in the last three weeks due to COVID. So they probably have somebody test positive and got a quarantine for six to eight days. I don't know whatever their restriction is. I know sometimes it's 10 days, sometimes it's 14 days. Sometimes it's probably like got a double test. I don't know what the, um, temple basketball team's protocol is right now. Um, so they've only had six total practices in the last three weeks. That's not good. Um, he, McKee also said um, that they've had four cases where they have had tested positive. somebody test positive. Uh, again, that is probably why they've only been able to practice X amount of times. Uh, the Leacorce Center, I actually was thinking about this also. Uh, they probably will not have home... Well, they won't have fans, obviously. The annu- city announced that. But I don't even know if they can have games at the Leacorce Center. Like, does that count as too many people... In one spot. I know the city just went super, super uh, crazy with the restrictions. I figure each team probably has 14, 15 players and coaches and staff, etc. With the refs, you know, that's 40 people in a building. I don't know if that's allowed. And I'm sure Temple is working with the city to make sure games can happen in the city limits. And I'm sure... Somebody will bitch about that if they pull it off, and somebody will bitch if they don't pull it off. So I like my sports. I would hope they find a way to pull it off. And, yeah. Also, if you follow John Rothstein on Twitter, he is tweeting out every five seconds about somebody getting a transfer waiver. I mean, they are pretty much allowing almost everybody to play the season. Uh, if you transferred, partially, I think, because of covid they're just assuming people transferred to go closer to home, I guess, and COVID was your reasoning. So, everybody is getting waivers. Except, we're supposed to play in six days, and Caliph Battle, our transfer from Butler, if you recall, has not gotten his transfer waiver yet. Um, I think John Rothstein's go-to is they're handing out transfer waivers like watermelon seeds on 4th of July, or something really corny like that, and I do like John, but some of his stuff is very, uh, I think he's, like, accepted that he's a borderline meme, so he just kind of goes with it, um, this is March, is one of his obvious go-tos, um, but yeah, so, Battle hopefully gets a waiver within the next couple of days, I mean, they're running out of time here, kind of thing, um, also, Temple uh, basketball, I didn't mention this last week, I think it got reported that Friday was they got a transfer from Dartmouth, Um, his name was uh, Barry, it's leaving my mind right now, I don't know why, and I had it typed out, I don't know if I deleted it for some reason, hold on one second guys, I know this is terrible podcast, uh, just pausing mid-episode, um, there we go, Brendan Barry, I knew it was Barry something, and I could not think of the first name, Brendan Barry, he's a 44% three-point shooter, um, I have all this stuff typed out, I just deleted his name, uh, his first name for some reason, 44% three-point shooter, coming from Dartmouth, Dartmouth, uh, is in the Ivy League, which is, not having winter sports. He had put his name in the transfer portal around six to eight months ago. Uh, I saw one quote. He just never took himself out of it. And that's how he kind of was still eligible to uh, transfer. He'll be a grad transfer. And then it sounds like what, this year they're giving everybody a extra year of eligibility. I know in football they're definitely doing that. And in basketball, it looks like they'll do the same. So I'm curious if he, as a grad transfer, he'll be able to play with Temple in, you know, next season as well. So he'd get two grand, two seasons as a grad transfer. Um, so, yeah, he's a good addition to the team. They needed shooting. He's good offense. Also, it sounds like Ty Strickland will not be ready for the beginning of the season, as well as uh, Jaleel White hurt his uh reinjured his knee meniscus is what it sounds like he probably will end up redshirting this year cuz he'll be off for 2 to 3 months and it's a shortened season anyway so see how uh they handle that um so yeah that is some good news for Temple basketball he probably won't play yet he'll I think he'll enroll at the end of December at Temple so he'll he'll probably miss the first I don't know 3 weeks 4 weeks of the season, but the way the season is going, like I said, their first game supposed to be Wednesday, and I don't even know if that's going to happen. He might not miss too, too many games, <laughs> um, which could be a bad sign for how just college basketball as a whole is looking right now. Um, so I guess we'll go on to football. Uh, skipped it completely last week because I was just, A, I really wanted to get the TJ DeLeo episode in. Uh, he got great reviews, I got texts and stuff uh, about how cool he was, really, really nice guy, um, actually, when we, you know, ended the recording, me and him sat on Zoom and talked for another four or five minutes, just really, really cool dude, I was borderline, like, about to be like, hey, let's get a beer sometime, when next time you're in America, I do not want it to look uh, too over uh, zealous with that, so I refrained, but... He did say, feel free to reach out to him, try to get some other people in the pod, so I think I might take him up on that offer. Um, I was thinking Dutch Gately would actually be a pretty fun guest, Uh, NFL, or NFL, I'm watching the the NFL Thursday night game, so I'm confusing myself. Uh, NBA coach, he's an assistant coach in the NBA who did uh, a year as a grad player at Temple. Um, Be cool to have him on. I think he probably have some good NBA stories and talk about his time at Temple and how he uh, got into coaching. So maybe reach out to TJ and see if we could pull something off like that. Uh, Have to do it quick because um, NBA season is coming up. Uh, Also, I know a lot of you guys know I am a big Sixers fan. I was a fan of what they did last night. Uh, Team's moving in the right direction. Uh, But we'll stick to uh, Temple. I don't want to get too deep in a a Sixers podcast. (laughs) Um, Football. Yeah, the reason I took off last week from talking about them is they have just been so bad, and it stinks going into this year. I had decently high hopes. I mean, it's an eight-game season. I was thinking 5-3 and three was doable. 6-2 and two was probably way too high hopes, out of reach. 4-4 four and four I thought was re- very, very realistic. Did not see this type of season happening. Didn't see, obviously, Russo missing this much time. And they have gone in. I saw last three games, I think... Last game, they had 45 total scholarship players sued up. The game before that was like 57. I think the game before that was 55 or something like that in those numbers. So ballpark in the last three games, they've had as low as 45 scholarship athletes and as no more than 60 at the highest. Um, so they're they're definitely struggling. A lot of it's been injuries and a lot of it's been COVID related with guys sitting out for uh, covid Which it's been weird because I mean, last weekend, I think there was four or five top 25 ranked teams had games canceled due to COVID. And I don't know why Temple, if their conference was like, no, you have to play or ESPN plus, which is, you know, their, their big, uh, televising, uh, product right now, which Temple is always on. Um, maybe they were like, hey, you gotta play, I don't know, I have no idea, but Temple keeps playing all these games, and other games are getting canceled, where you guys have, like, three, three or four people missing, and we have 44 missing, uh, figure there's 125 scholarship athletes on, well, 120 some athletes on the team, I think, what, 85 are scholarship, um, so, yeah, not, <laughs> not good for Temple, I don't want to make excuses, um, everybody's dealing with it, it stinks, and, I don't know if they should have played some of these games, though. Um, they got blown out by UCF this last week. It was funny. I was babysitting a um, uh, friend of the pod, Billy Hallett, his kids. I uh, was babysitting them Saturday night, and I was watching the game in their basement, and I think his kids literally told them I was napping in the basement. But really, I was watching Temple lose 38-10, to 10, I think at that point it was. So I was just being really, really quiet because there was no reason to be excited. Um, but his kids literally thought I fell asleep in the basement. So, good times. Um, and the week before that, they got blown out by SMU, which is why we took the week off from talking about them. Uh, so, the going into the SMU game, Russo has a hurt shoulder. He wasn't playing. And then they had Trad Beatty and Real Mitchell going to battle for the starting position, basically. They ended up rotating snaps in the game. Rotating drives, I guess I should say. Um... Beedy actually threw some good. He had one good screen pass on the first drive that was went for a touchdown actually, and then after that the offense just completely stalled. Whether it was Mitchell or Beedy, um, and then Trad took a elbow or a knee to the head, going it like right before halftime, and I'm pretty sure he got concussed. Like it wasn't like a bad late hit. Like it wasn't intentional. Just a large man happened to land in his vicinity and he. It bounced. His head kind of bounced, and we never saw him again the rest of the game. Uh, It was weird because ESPN Plus, I've had some issues with their production value (laughs) as a whole, and it was like the third series of the second half of the SMU game two weeks ago, and the announcers didn't even know that he got hurt. They were like, oh, and we haven't seen him yet in the second half. I wonder if they're really going in with Real Mitchell. And then, like, moments later... They said, and we just got news he might have been hurt and that's why we haven't seen him, so we'll have to get more updates on that. I'm like, what do we have? Like this you know, D squad on ESPN plus here that uh, the announce- like nobody told the announcers that he got hurt, nobody told anybody, like this is it was frustrating for me. Um, but Real Mitchell didn't really do much in the that game against SMU. I felt they catered the offense too much to him as a runner. Um they ran some pretty bad play calling. I felt like I was watching the Eagles all over again, um, doing you know stupid read options when you didn't need to, third and one, and you're in shotgun, and he just kind of did a terrible run-up. You know, it was just uncreative and very predictable, I thought. I'm watching the game, and I'm calling out the play before it even happens. So if I know it, then the defensive coordinator probably knows it. Um, also, that's saying a lot, given that it's a quarterback who hasn't really played much this year, and you can already predict the play. Um, Overall, I have been very impressed with Mitchell. It's kind of, I mean, I know he's an athlete, but looking at him on TV, he's really, really short, he's barely six foot, and he just hasn't looked as fast as advertised. I mean, he's had a couple decent, like, 18-yard runs, but other than that, um, nothing that's blown me away that going into the year, people like, could he take Russo's starting job? I was like, no. And I think that's really confirmed that since uh, two weeks ago, since he's gotten playing time. Then uh, against UCF, uh, again, Trad was still hurt, so he had a concussion. Um, Russo's shoulder was healthy, but he had to sit out due to a COVID protocol. He apparently had – I don't think he has COVID, but he came into contact with it. It sounds like – unless maybe he does have it. I don't know, because he's supposed to miss – this game, this upcoming week, which gets us to Matt Duncan, who will be the starting quarterback this week for the Temple Owls. He is a true freshman. Um, like I said, going into the year, people were worried, not worried, they were questioning if Russo would lose his starting job. I think a lot of people wanted him to lose the starting job to Real Mitchell or Trad. Um, I think a lot of people were over the uh, Russo experience, and I've talked about it on this podcast before first 3 or 4 games our offense was we were losing games but we were scoring 30 points a game since Russo has gone out we've you know gotten 10 13 maybe 3-1 game so Russo definitely drove the offense better than any of these other quarterbacks um so he shouldn't be getting benched for any of them I don't think and you had three quarterbacks going into the year people thought Trad was good I think Trad still can be good. It's a shame that he got hurt, um but people said Real Mitchell, who came from Iowa State, who he transferred because he lost a starting. Well, he never really He just never was a starter. He's supposed to be a highly recruited guy. He was on the TV show QB One from Netflix, and he transferred to Temple. And is I just, I hope he's really good. I would love to be wrong, and he next year wins the Heisman. But I just don't see that happening. Realistically. Wouldn't be surprised if they try to move him to a different position because of his speed, but I just don't see his arm strength and production as a quarterback right right now. But he actually got hurt at the end of the last game, and Duncan got in for, I think, the last two drives. His stats were just 0 for 2. Um, so Matt Duncan, our fourth-string quarterback, true freshman, will be starting this week. He's I, I don't really know much about him. He probably was... He still can redshirt because they changed the redshirt rules. You can play up to, like, parts of four games and then still get a redshirt. So he'll definitely still redshirt. I don't think they thought he'd ever see a snap this season. So I did some digging up, um, which I do enjoy this part about doing the pod. Um, You know, a couple opponents, teams, I've looked up their rivals and, you know, their starting players' rivals' uh, profiles. So I looked up Duncan's rivals' profile. He was a two-star recruit he's a considered a pro style quarterback he had offers from 10 schools mostly max schools uh i think it was like kent state uh one of the michigans eastern michigan colorado state was in there um and then he also it says showing interest but they didn't offer was purdue Rutgers, south carolina so some of that's you know were they interested at the end of his recruiting or was it like they sent him a letter junior year and then they never really got back to him kind of deal um, so that's hard to tell. I doubt that senior year, if those three teams started get interested, and then he was like, actually, I will commit to Temple. I feel like, I mean, we're definitely above Rutgers, but Big Ten, football, Purdue, I feel like if maybe he would pick there, or South Carolina. But they're never offered. So. Um, so we play this Saturday, 12 o'clock game on ESPN+. Plus. That is pretty much the standard for Temple right now against Eastern Carolina. The Pirates, who are very bad as well. So, this is a winnable game, which we will. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it because uh, John called me out on this the other day. He said, I keep saying, which last couple weeks I have not said Temple will win, and I've pretty much said, don't even bother gambling again, B- gambling on Temple. Um, so, I don't. They're one in six versus a one in five team. I wouldn't. I don't even know. Somebody has to lose. So that's uh, realistic for Temple's chances, but um, I was looking at ECU schedule. They lost to Navy, Tulsa, Central Florida, Tulane, Cincinnati, Georgia State. They did beat South Florida. Um, their quarterback Holton—I'm going to say this last name wrong—Aylers, Allers. Uh, he is about fourteen hundred yards passing, twelve touchdowns, eight interceptions. Nothing too crazy, nothing you have to get worried about there, I don't think. Um, You know, he's averaging about 200 yards passing a game. Their starting running back, Rajay Davis, has 560 yards on the season, so not even 100 yards a game from him. Uh, Their defense gives up 40 points a game, which is the eighth worst in the country. Uh, So that could be a chance for Temple's offense to really right the ship here after the last, you know, two, three weeks where they've not been able to move the ball or score many points. Uh, so Matt Duncan, first, uh, career start. You're going up against a pretty crappy defense. Could take advantage of it, but we shall see. Um, it stinks cause I really like the gambling bit and I wish I thought about it before the season and could have had like some fun, entertaining guests on. And obviously during a 12 game season or, you know, make a, conference championship game and a bowl game 13 or 14 game season um that would be fun to do 14 times a week and obviously this is a shortened season eight games and I didn't think of this until what game four or five um so no I just kind of we'll, we'll maybe work on that do it for fun you know big games for basketball maybe do it for like the big five games or a ranked game for basketball um and next year if we're still doing this and the you know hopefully by then COVID is over, and uh we can go to games and have more fun in life uh, we'll we'll keep the uh the gambling bit going where I can get fun people on to talk and about hopefully winning money for temple football uh so the spread is uh temples plus three and a half, and the spread uh the over under is uh fifty seven and a half I would say. Temple probably loses this game by seven or ten points. Uh, I think they probably only scored ten or thirteen with Matt Duncan. No offense to Matt Duncan. Um, they do have Tavon Ruley who took over the starting running back role after Raymond Davis uh, transferred. What two right before the SMU game two two and a half weeks ago, and Ruley's looked pretty decent. Uh, he had ninety yards rushing last game, uh, sixty six the one before that. Uh, so maybe, maybe he, you know, this is a breakout game for him, hundred and some yards plus. Again, it's a bad defense, but with Temple's play this year, it's really hard to just predict anything going right for them or anything, uh, being promising. So I would say Temple probably loses the game 21, we'll go 21-13. Maybe we've got a late field goal or something, uh, but still, don't cover the spread, and I would go on the under side for this because Temple's offense, while ECU does give up 40 points a game, I don't see us getting 40 points, and I think ECU's offense is not that great, so I don't see them putting up more than 21 points. Um, I would love a Temple win, believe me, but I'm kind of, between the, the Temple Owls and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I am just, football has not been entertaining right now for me. Uh, Which is why maybe I really enjoyed the NBA draft yesterday. Uh, Shout out Joe McNichol, who is a good friend of the podcast. He will not listen to this, but um, maybe one of you guys can uh, text him. Uh, He did say we are top two football team in the city right now. So it's Temple Owls are two. St. Joe's Prep is one. Eagles do not count. And he said the only reason we're two is because Villanova is not playing, although they're not in the city. So that doesn't count because otherwise you could probably put LaSalle High School in there in the mix. Uh, he also said intramurals are not playing right now, so Drexel's frat uh, teams do not count either in his ra- his official, unofficial Ball Joe football rankings of the city of Philadelphia. Um, so that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, again, hope uh, it wasn't too short. I kind of dragged it out there at the end. But um hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, hopefully next week, uh, the, the guest that I have on, he's a pretty good analyst and writer that I've uh, been messaging. And um, yeah, other than that, I'll be back and go, owls.